Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Billy Watson TV and again the returning guest, I think it's number 17, 18, we're up to around about there. How are you doing Tony, you been ill, you missed the show last week and you're just about over it now, yeah? Yeah, 17, 18 shows, wow. Yeah, I've, I've had, uh, I've had a, a flu, <laughs> um, a man flu, maybe, <laughs> but um, yeah. Any toxification, so, some kind of clear out? Well, everything's COVID now, isn't it? So... Um, <laughs> don't, don't buy into that shit, man. I don't. That's why I'm not calling it that. But no. um, you know, you, you just you just talk to anyone right now, and and there, there's only one illness that, that that's around. There's no cancer. There's no oh, exactly. Disease. Everything is is COVID. But yeah, I I've come down with 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 a a kind of flu, and uh, yeah, it poleaxed me for a week. So. Um, I'm at the stage now where I'm over the hump, but I'm I'm still feeling quite weak. So, uh, are you busy with lots of stuff? Were you kind of under stress at Christmas time, or you know, were you? No, I I, I mean I'm always busy, but I don't know. Like you say, it could just be a seasonal thing. But that that was the weird thing that I was uh, I was asking a lot of questions. A lot of people around here unjabbed. People, friends I've got in the UK and in America. A lot of the unjabbed seem to be coming down with this this kind of flu, um, and I don't know. It's speculation. Maybe, maybe like I say, they might have ramped up the five G around the planet, or who knows what's going on. It's uh, getting sprayed as well there as well, because God knows what's in that stuff. Yeah, I mean they don't spray as much as they do in the UK, but they have uh, they have been sprayed. I think they've sprayed through. The, yeah, it could be something. In the water supply, it could be something in the air that they're spraying. It could, could be a combination of both. I mean, at this stage of the game, who who really knows? But it, you know, when you when you live a healthy life it, and you come down like with something like that, it does make you wonder. Hang on a minute, <laughs> what what is that? You know, it's like I, I was feeling so amazing beforehand. It, it it just hit me for six, but. You know, like 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 you say, it could just be the body just having a clear out, but it doesn't. I didn't feel like I don't know. I didn't feel like that to me because you know I don't drink, I don't smoke, I'm, you know, I keep my energy clean, I, I eat right. So I, you sit in front of the Wi-Fi a lot. Um, yeah, there's Wi-Fi around, um, but nothing that's like not, you know, was, not. Yeah, I was looking at some stuff recently just about you know how certain. Big flus and stuff are caused, like when they're bringing radio or every time they've got a new three G, four G, five G, or the change. Yeah. Then there's yeah. a lot of people get ill from that, you know. So that's a massive factor, I think. All these electrical wires in our general unhealth in the world today. I think yeah. to do away with all that would be a lot healthier, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's all it's all very inorganic the way we live. We've just we've just become used to accepting all these uh, this electromagnetic magnetic suit that, that we live in don't we right so um yeah well, you, you, tartarian time have you ever looked in this tartaria much because they've got the free energy um you know thing and some people credit that to tesla and some people say he's maybe just a front man to kind of cover up that story but the thing yeah. is i do think they had a different kind of technology there where there was free energy and these cathedrals and stuff you know were not built to worship god there was a served another purpose and that, I believe, would be a clean kind of energy, you know, that they yes. know um, they, they don't want the public getting a hold of, you know. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they 100%. They, they know about free energy. They know how to generate it. And yeah, the, the Tartaria thing's uh, an interesting rabbit hole to go down. I went down that one a, a few years ago now, The you know, about star cities and all that stuff. That was the star forts. Yeah, yeah, really, really fascinating stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if there was some kind of reset and and we're just kind of repeating history right now. But well, I think without a doubt there's a reset. You know, if, even just I was in Glasgow a couple of nights. Was it last night? It was there. And you just look at this amazing building, but like the, it's got this bit down the side where you, there's yeah, like another entrance down there. And it's just like that's a false front. The real entrance is down there, but they've made that entrance at the street level, but down the side. It's just like that's been dug out, and you can just see the mud's filled that, that area up, you know. Just when you stand yeah, back yeah. and look at it, Glasgow and Edinburgh's full of those type of buildings where they've got windows at the ground level, you know, in the slant. Yeah. It's just like that's been covered up, you know, or dug out. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, if we only knew the, to the extent of, of what they're covering up and what they know, and I mean, even just going back to what we were talking about before, you know. <laughs> I, I get. I, I guess we don't even know half of the kind of weapons that they they have and and the stuff that they could do. And um, you know, I was reading this thing um, the other day about you know how people can be or certain people can be targeted through their IP address. You know, they can just you can just be sitting there on your laptop and they can zap you from from I don't know from God knows what just just based on that and, and your login and stuff like that. So yeah. I mean, who? Who really knows uh, what what they can do, and and yeah. even to some extent, you know, these players that are having heart attacks or whatever, are they targeting certain ones? Of the you know, are they all involved in the Freemasons, and that's the game they're playing, you know, and they get taken out. Like some people do numerology, and people like Gert Muller or stuff like that, really iconic players, and it's just like it all ties into the Jesuits and all this kind of stuff. And Aguero recently, you know, then they get these roles after it, very important roles and stuff like that. It's just like it's all a theatre show, and the, yeah. I know. Yeah. I believe the people are genuinely having heart issues, you know, and yeah, it's just yeah. like, well, they play with the, the devil's dice, I guess. But the level of control, I interviewed Mark Steele at the back of the, the start of this before I realised um, no virus. I was looking at people in Wuhan falling down, so I thought five G. So he was the expert, so I went to him, and he was saying all oh, the lampposts—they've all been changed recently to these LED ones. Right. And is there weapons inside them and they can actually target people from the lampposts and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Even just the light they're giving off, it flickers and it's actually bad for us, you know? So yeah. it's just yeah, these yeah, are yeah, weapons yeah. in their street. And I'm telling people at work, it's a lamppost, it's a lamppost. They're going, this guy's a nutter, you know? <laughs> yeah, even even the light, even like the lighting in our rooms, right? Even that's unhealthy. They've changed like, the bulbs. Those new bulbs as well are not as good. They're energy yeah, efficient, but yeah, basically yeah. if you drop one, don't go near it. Call the fire brigade. <laughs> they make you laugh, don't they? They, they drop uh, uh, plutonium in, in the ocean. But then they're, they're changing light bulbs and giving us, uh, telling us we're we're using too many uh, plastic bags. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it, it it's crazy. It really is. And um, it, I was interviewing Pete Stone from the Sovereign Project last night, and he basically he woke up to conspiracy before it kind of got mainstream because he knew global warming was a farce. Mm. It was actually a thing that the whole industrial age people say oh, there's so much carbon dioxide, but that actually helped the planet get a lot greener. Because Absolutely. of the carbon dioxide, so this isn't something we should be scared of. And they're trying to kind of limit our carbon dioxide and taxes on this, but actually we need more carbon yeah. dioxide for the planet to go greener. They're, they're, 
there's essentially a war against humanity and the planet. You know, yeah. killing off five Gs, killing off the insects and the birds and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, just like the heat, everything. <laughs> yeah, I was saying this to my friend uh, yesterday. It's like we're we're not we're not only just fighting for ourselves and our families and uh, and future generations. You're talking about fighting for the entire survival of a species and for all life on this planet. I mean, if you didn't want a big enough challenge, you got one here, right? It's like. Yeah. It's a proper sci-fi movie. It really is. It's, it's Some people like, claim that the Fukushima was actually done intentionally because where it was built was in a, like on a fault line, so they, they knew it was going to do that. And the whole point of it, and the chemtrails and stuff, and the radiation is like to change the atmosphere of Earth because they've like maybe got these reptiles over down there. <laughs> yeah, if like they kill all the planet population off, then they can come up and it'll be more like their type of environment. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. I. I from from my understanding, for sure, they they need to change the um, the frequency of the planet. The these entities and you know the reptilians or whatever you want to refer to them as they they need this kind of like dense, low, sort of murky frequency of vibration to to kind of uh, exist and thrive in. So I guess where we're going on a sort of upward, a natural upward trajectory in terms of frequency. Um, they need to kind of drag that back down, and and yeah, they're doing that through the electromagnetic bombardment, and you know, five G and uh, things like Fukushima and everything like that. They're they're, they're trying to radiate the the, the entire planet. Um, so it, it really is, uh, it really is just like being in, involved in the middle of some kind of horror film or, or sci-fi movie. Um, so we're all literally battling to survive and, and fighting for the future of everything. Um, well, just it's saying, like, even the one Wi-Fi everywhere across Africa and stuff like that. You know, it's just the one the whole planet blanketed in this. And then some people are saying like, there's five G, but there's also then six G, and you need six G for holograms and uh, AI and stuff like that. And it's like we've been taken over almost by this AI. It's a, that's a factor. There's black goo. People yeah. Talking, what is this black goo? Have you any idea what, what that is? No, I, all I know is that um, it's interesting you mentioned there about the 6G and uh, and 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 how they would need that for holograms because we know what's coming uh, yeah. right. in the next few years. <laughs> Hopefully the next few months because I don't know about you, I'm fucking bored of COVID. <laughs> I think the public are getting a bit fucking fed up with it as well, you know. They're starting to say, they're still going along with it, but Deep down, they must be fucking saying, fucking hell. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I was in a shop today and I had three women all wearing a mask and I was trying to be quiet, but I couldn't. I had to let it out at the end. And they were, they were listened a bit more, you know? And because I must think, you know, even the Boris, all this party stuff is a big sideshow, I think. And, you know, you Boris out, they'll get some other cunt in, it's worse, you know, because that's yeah. what always happens. But even that must be making them go, hold on a minute, they're having parties and we're wearing a mask, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I put a post out about that earlier in the fact that everything that we see in the mainstream is completely scripted. It's all a pantomime. It's all a show. They all have their roles that they're playing. You know, all, all this Jelaine uh, Maxwell and, and Prince Andrew, nothing's going on there. That's just all. That's just all. Jelaine Maxwell, five out of six um, charges she was guilty of. Jesuit mm-hmm. Order, 56. Oh, right. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you've got the whole 
pantomime now with Boris. They're, they're obviously warming up to boot him out. He's played his role. He's rolled in like the New World Order. And, and so he's served his time. And, and now they have to paint this this story around it about these parties. And, and what's that doing? It's invoking like some kind of reaction that they want from the public, some kind of false uproar, because we know the public don't get uproared about anything. So, <laughs> They can sit there in front of their brainwashing boxes and 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 nitter natter amongst each other and say how how bad it is that Boris is doing this and how he can't be taking things seriously. And then the very next day they're going down to get their third booster. So well, the digital currency is all getting rushed out as the banking system collapses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So they, everything's by design. Everything's scripted. Even this. Uh, I mean, this whole Novak Djokovic thing, I mean, the guy, uh, you only have to do a bit of research and, and see who his friends in, you know, he's got friends in high places. and Well, there's uh, a few uh, red flags. Obviously, his wife um, sharing the thing with um, Marina Abramovic. Exactly, and yeah. Obviously, he's got the Davos connection to the uh, economic world, world Economic Forum. Yeah, yeah. And the foundation, that page disappeared. So there's yeah. two red flags, and he's got the pictures with the tennis racket in the one eye. Yeah, he's got the one eye. He's got. He's yeah, if he came out and said no virus, there's no such thing as a virus. That's why I'm not doing this, and I've got the right to earn a living. And was totally up front like that, and you say fair play, mate. But the way yeah. it's getting done, it's like oh, I had COVID, so I've got the antibodies. You know, well, mm. fucking come on, you're a truther or you're fucking an ignorant cunt. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's been uh, it's been interesting to me to see how uh, people, even in alternative media, they they, they want to cling on to the fact that someone might be here to save them or help them, or and there's this big clambering of of support for him, and without showing any kind of real discernment, a lot of the time people getting pissed off because some of us don't want to necessarily just jump on the bandwagon. And and I find it a little bit disturbing that, that people are so quick to give their power away to, um, you know, to, to, to buy into this like false hopium and people say, well, you know, it's, it's a distraction just like he's doing some good and, and yada, yada, yada. And well, didn't we have all this with, with Trump? You know, we, we got told that Trump was, was fighting the New World Order and, you know, we should support him. And it doesn't really matter if he's completely bad, but yada, yada, all this and that. And then what happened? He completely ushered in the New World Order. Um, he kept all the patriots quiet, you know, all, all the people that would stand up for freedom. They all waited around because they thought he was going to save them all. And then what happened? It's, it's now you've got America, which is more enslaved than it's ever been. That was under his leadership. So it, it, it does concern me how people just want to just quickly give their power away, gravitate to the next uh, caped crusader that gets presented to us by the mainstream media. And then they get pissed off when there's some of us that, that want to do our due diligence and say, well, hang on a minute. I'm not so sure if we should just be jumping on that bandwagon so quickly. Um, so I, I don't know if there's some kind of like mental schism that is keeping people in some kind of savior complex, uh, waiting for someone to help them or save them or, or just constantly looking for hope outside of themselves. And 
Nobody's going to sort this mess out, not Djokovic, not Trump. None of these people, none of these false prophets are, are going to solve this. It has to be us, and we can do it, but we need to stand in our truth, stand in our sovereignty, and, and we need to do the work. I mean, I think, what was it? I saw it. Uh, someone that quoted, um, whenever you want a saviour, we will provide them. I That's forgot. That's what I was going to talk about, yeah. <laughs> is that? Someone posted it on my uh yeah, Facebook the other day, but that's so true. Uh, they're, they're happy to provide it's that. To be that way, they get the whole backstory. Like even Tupac Shaker, there's a good website called Industry Hoax, a YouTube channel, and it's his mother was a Black Panther, and she was controlled, and he was brought up with this whole image and just totally in the family controlled. This whole Biggie Tupac thing was a complete kind of Freemasonic setup and sold the story of this gangster rap. But literally, it was all the backstory was meant to be, you know. And then yeah. it's all designed, like the Beatles as well, Paul McCartney and all that. The early stories all can. Oh, they know from birth where what their purpose is going to serve for a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they're all they're born in families and stuff, you know. Yeah, they have their scripts before they're even born. Um, I mean, I've worked in, in in my work. I've worked with a few satanic ritual abuse survivors. Yeah. And they've told me that at a young age, they, they were told, we, we've got these plans for you. Um, some of them were, were going to be going into the media. Some of them were going to be going into the legal system. Um, so so before they're even born, that they, they have their cards marked as to what they're going to do, what role they're going to play. So when we say that it's all scripted and, and planned, it, it really, really truly is. You've got to know the kind of level of knowledge that these guys have got access to. This goes way back to Egypt and black the magic, you know, they're dealing with black magic. So when they're having children and stuff, like even Diana, she was like the, the brooding mayor for fucking Charles because they wanted her genealogy, you know. So the mm-hmm. plan, the marriages, and then the plan, the dates are going to get born because the astrological aspect of it's important. So they're taking yeah. even the numerology, the name, the, the astrology, and then that person, they know what their role is going to be you know, because it's planned. That's mm. a level of control. That yeah. They go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've got their fingers in in all the pies in in that respect, and um, and that's why I think we just need to be a little bit more um, clued up, a little bit more wiser when when these people are presented to the public. Um, you know, there's there's a few other questionables. I would really like to believe the Novak one, you know, if he is just playing a game and saying he's got COVID and just kind of sneaking his way through the back door and his parents were genuinely didn't know any better about, about the vaccine and being, well, the, the dad did say, he had a speech that was quite, you know, come on me to rise up and stuff like that. It could have been quite inspirational if it is genuine, but then you have to look at these other things and say, hold on a minute, I can't get behind it fully because of these things. Let's yeah. see how it plays out, but you have to be sceptical and yet, no, He's got Nike plastered all over him and stuff like that. You don't get to those positions without, you know, agreeing at least to keep stew on certain things, you know? Yeah. Maybe a little rebel within it. Yeah. But what about Nadal, though? I was fucking disgraceful. Did you see that when he shrugged his shoulders? Well, you just got to take the vaccine to play. I didn't say that. No, I didn't oh. see that. But I did I saw a, load of, um, a load of photos that came out with, with him and Federer, with Bill oh. Gates and... and I mean, God, tennis is, uh, if you look into the women's game, a lot of them are transvestites, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, there's, a, there's a couple of videos out there and 
it's shocking, like the likes of Steffi Graf, Navratilova, the, the, the Serena. I say Billie Jean King as well. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, but apparently she's a man as well. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're laughing at us. They really are laughing at us. But yeah, tennis seems to be a, a big uh, cult, um, cult sport for sure. Oh, no, I met a guy who was in Turkey one night and this guy sat down at my table and uh, he said he was a Freemason. I said, all right, he knew I wasn't, but I started talking about it. So he's like, oh, he was, he was in, quite enjoying talking about the Freemasons and saying, all right, so did we go to the moon then? So I was like, no, of course not. And he said, all right, all right. So he's kind of testing me. And he mentioned Andy Murray's family and said, they're hugely Freemasonic, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and probably they were involved in Dunblane somehow. Um, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know exactly what went on. I'm not making any claims, but I think he got sent to Barcelona at a young age, so he got the best of training and everything like that, you know. Yeah. So I believe that was because they were they're in the cult, basically, and even certain t- tournaments possibly, you know, destined to win. Yeah. the first British male winner of Wimbledon and shit like that, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. And um, I think with sport, it, it's hard to get your head around how that can all be scripted. Um, you know, when you look at things like football and a lot of it is skill and serendipity. And, and But I, I definitely think there's there's certain things that are planned there. I mean, there's a, there's a guy that does all the gematria and he predicted the, the latest winner of the Euros and He's saying that England are, are going to win this World Cup based on... Is that on the one that I, I maybe turned you on to? The guy called Adam Edwards, the illusion. Yeah, it could be you that turned me on to him, yeah. Because yeah. I knew like, the football aspect of it. Yeah, it's quite interesting when you see that, but then you watch the games, like, how can they make that guy score? But there's another guy got I talked about with you, maybe decode your reality, a guy called Logan, and he's, he brings in lots of other aspects and says that it's almost like this is a computer program running. So although it appears like, yeah, that's been controlled by the Jesuits, actually, we're just, I talked to this before about free will and stuff like that, because he says, ultimately, we're scripted to do stuff, and it's all based on our numerology, and yeah. when you look at all these different aspects of it, there's no way could that be controlled by anybody, even just aspects of somebody scoring at a certain time, and all these things that the numerology guys say, look at this, it's amazing, you know, and you go, wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well if you, have you seen the new Matrix yet? I have, I. Yeah, well, in there they talk about you know is is everything just an algorithm? You know, is yeah. it, oh, mega. It was a pretty shit movie, but they were dropping mega clues. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't watch it for the quality of the film, but <laughs> for the little messages. But oh. I, I thought that that was uh, that was quite an interesting thing that they were saying because it does it does feel like that. I mean, even even with like what we're doing with I don't know helping wake people up or whatever the fuck we're doing here, right? <laughs> it, it, it feels like some kind of like autopilot. Like, I don't know about you, but I just get up in the morning and I'm like, right, okay, this, 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 this. It, it just, <laughs> it almost feels like I'm, I'm responding to a program of that's well, my role um, in, in this lifetime. But that's, this is what that Logan guy talks about. He, you can pay him and he'll do your chart and stuff like that, but he says it's essential to know set your numbers. Mm. It's like an astrological chart, but he goes into other aspects of it. But the whole point of life to me is finding out who you are and being the best version of yourself, and then doing that, you'll serve others by being the best you. It's not yeah. being you selfish way, you know, but it's to do that. And then if everyone done that, we'd have an amazing, diverse, you know, loving world. And that's where the way... 
society should be set up for to bring the best out of children from a young age. Yeah, and um, not you know compartmentalize them to all think the same. Basically, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like you you come online, don't you? It, it, that's the, if you look at it from like a computer program, it's almost like when you wake up, you come online. Uh, and, and you not necessarily wake up, but find out who you are. You know, yeah, that yeah. necessarily doesn't mean get doing the truth. It could just be, you know, this is my passion. Yes, and even sacrificing other things just to make that happen. Yeah, because yes. you need will and determination to, because that's part of making it stronger. You know, yeah. so it's like iron in the fire. You kind of have to keep it in there and keep working and do it daily as well, and then yeah. it becomes you kind of thing. Yeah, and all that doing poetry, it, whatever it comes through you. You know, it's like you're not. Yeah, exactly. it, you know. Yeah, exactly that. It, it it works through you, doesn't it? It's like an energy that works through you, through you, and you're just a vessel. You're just responding to right. a, a calling almost. It, it it is fascinating when you look like that, when you look at it like that. And and of course the the big problem is is that most people are just going through life day by day, and and they haven't they haven't got online. They haven't they haven't realised that purpose that. That kind of fire that that burns within when you when you realise what you're here to do, and that's why a lot of people's lives are, are just kind of meaningless. They just they just. I don't even think it's what here to do. I think it's just the the, the idea that they could do something. Do you know, it's yeah. just like I was going along and my mate he started playing guitars like this. Form a rock band. I was like, "Fuck, you can form a rock band? <laughs> that's a quite a good idea, you know." And then that got me into the things like, "Ah, oh, you can do something with your life," you know. You don't just have yeah. to go to work and drink. There's like alternatives out there. You can try and be something. You have to start yeah. from the beginning. But yeah. like I did a poetry night last night and there was one guy who was his first time up there and he was fucking like that with the paper. You know, he's trying to turn the sheets. It was ridiculous. But oh, really? I, I took my son along and there was also another guy. He was disabled and he's like, he's done it a few times and he's saying it was help, helping him, you know, get over his disability. And my son was saying, you know, they weren't very good, but on the other hand, at least they were doing something. Yeah, young people see somebody giving a bash, regardless yeah. of their capability within anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's that idea of failure. People are scared to fail, so mm. therefore they don't try. Yeah, you know? and it's, it's such a waste. I mean, there's that saying, isn't there? Like nothing ever grows in the in the comfort zone. I remember um, the first like radio podcast I did, like <laughs> like seven years ago. And I was shitting away. <laughs> I was shitting. I was. I didn't know what I was going to say. I was just. I remember kind of the same kind of thing. Just, just like sitting there shaking. Like, it's <laughs> and and now you can't shut me up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like you, you you go through those things and and you become a little bit more confident, a, lo- a little bit well, more stronger. I nervous. I interviewed Pete Stone from the Sovereign Project a couple of nights ago, and you know. I actually said to him before going on, some guests I feel like I'm out of my depth with because the law is so fucking... I mean, I talk about health and stuff, I'm out of my depth there, there as well, but you, I blag it, you know? Yeah. But I was nervous, basically, before it because I was like, fuck, you know, what am I going to talk about with this guy because I can fuck all about this. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. actually, you do. You kind of don't give yourself credit for what you do know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but actually... Like looking at what you do, I mean, I can't think of anything more terrifying than than standing up in front of an, an audience trying to be funny. I mean, well, I've got a gig lined up on Sunday night, and it's in the back of my mind, okay, my arse is starting to quaver a wee bit because I've not done one since Edinburgh Festival, and right. I don't get gigs very often. 
in the, the mainstream cliquey world of comedy. So it's arse are starting to go, eh? <laughs> yeah, but that, that I, I, in talking about comfort zones, that, that must... How long have you been doing that for? Oh, I did start that. I don't know, live show 2002, the festival, so about 1999 I started it. Okay. There was this guy, he ran a website called The Media Underground, and he was in Fife, and I, I was telling him back in the day I was doing comedy, and he was interviewing Doug Stanhope and back and things like that. So I said, you have to do it. Come to Edinburgh for this open mic night. So he came. I said, everyone has to do stand-up comedy once, you know. So yeah, he came right. he'd done the stand-up comedy, and he fucking died so badly. It was <laughs> horrific, right? And that was fucking bad. So he scarped it. Oh, I'm glad I've done it. He never done it again. But a week later, somebody was in the audience. I came back and they made this video of him performing this thing last week. And they'd done it in an artistic way. And it was fucking genius. I was trying to get a hold of this tape because oh, the way the guy done it was a parody. But yeah, the guy done it fair play to him. So I suggest to you, try it one time. Everybody <laughs> there, get in an open mic and try for five minutes. <laughs> Just for the experience. Yeah, I... I, I... I'd love to. Uh, I'd love. I, I kind of like the safety of the internet because yeah. I can't directly <laughs> see people. So that's the thing. It's an immediate reaction if you don't get a laugh. Yeah, you know, I, I can see people in the chat, but I can't see their actual facial expressions. But I, I've always had a, a massive amount of respect for people that can, especially these people that just get up and like they don't really. They don't really script things. They're just sort of off the cuff. Like, I mean, that's fucking terrifying. It's making my hands sweat. <laughs> just thinking of that. A lot of those people, though, they'll be well trained in it to the point, you know, they've got a basic set and then they can riff and then if they're dying, they can bring in some jokes. Mm. It's, a, it's a case of practice, you know. If you do anything long enough, if you're doing it four times a week, then you're going to be able to do it better than just doing it once every five months or whatever. I used to have 11 months in Turkey, go to the festival for three weeks in Scotland, perform my ass off, and then go back there and do nothing for a year. I've done right. that for seven years, which was quite difficult. <laughs> so so are you dropping uh, some truth bombs in, in your in your latest one? In, in kind of off, off topic with all that. Uh, well, no. Actually, <laughs> in my Edinburgh Festival show, it was pretty hardcore because it was my show. Before that, I'd done four open mic nights. Well, in somebody else's show, I had a spot on it. So I did drop in No Virus, and I'd done a couple of little bit of funny material. It's not too hardcore, but it's attacking the police or attacking football or yeah. trying to have a go at Rangers fans or do something that's not in you know normal, but try and make it in their world. But this one coming up, I'm not too sure if I want to just do pure comedy for laughs and try and get established and then later on try and get heavier because it's hard to bring that stuff. I've tried for years trying to make that shit funny and people didn't like it. (laughs) Who who came out with the saying, if you're going to tell people the truth, then make them laugh? Uh, Who said that? I remember all these quotes, but I never remember who said them. (laughs) They probably get attributed to Einstein, most of them. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. How much of that stuff did he not say? (laughs) He was probably, he was a Freemason as well, wasn't he? Uh, somebody's just saying here the guy I was talking about was a Freemason. I did have that Adam Edwards on the show from the Illusion, and he s- suspects Logan's a Freemason. Oh yeah. right, okay. But uh, again, a lot of these Freemasons are telling a lot of truth in there, so it's up to you to decipher, you know, things for yeah, yourself. And also, they do drop a few nuggets of truth in there. I mean, it's uh, like you don't have to take everything that they say for for face value, but. 
yeah, it's sneaky. These <laughs> these snakes are everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, indeed, I. Yeah, definitely. I've seen Charlie Ward actually interviewing Pete Sovereign just before I was interviewing. I was doing a bit of research, and I'm not a fan of Charlie Ward at all in the slightest. Yeah, yeah. Mega shell, but he knows the score as well, and you're wondering about his associations and where he's. Because I'm sure in the Freemasons, they must be teaching all this stuff, you know, about the law and the correct way to fucking avoid tax and all the rest of it. That, that yeah. must be in there because there's benefits the higher up you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, yeah. the jury's out on him. But, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, they are so well trained, aren't they? I mean, when you going back to what you were saying there, like, like Andy Murray being groomed for a role as a tennis player, probably Djokovic as well. Like, do you, do you think that they were born with some kind of talent or they just go to the best kind of schools. I know the I know the like when they get into to acting and stuff like that, they go all go to like the best acting schools. So I believe there's lots of shite out there. I believe there's lots of football players that are not as good as the maybe ones that didn't make it and they're only there because of their in the family. And even the rock stars like the whole Laurel Canyon scene in the birds, there's a there's a group that are actually called the Wrecking Crew. And they were actually the backing band to so many songs that you couldn't possibly imagine, but they never got credit for it because they were session musicians. And then the birds or that would go on TV and pretend that they were the band playing it. In the meantime, they're getting lessons. Like, fuck. So that was all created. And if you look at people like Usain Bolt and and Michael Phelps, that swimmer, it's almost like they're genetically fucking designed to to be like that, you know, because they've got abnormal... Hand size or fucking, you know, whatever. So you wonder if there's that kind of aspect of it going on, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's fascinating. But but going back to music as well, the whole Beatles thing and that whole Paul McCartney. I mean, that is one hell of a a rabbit hole to go down. I mean, it's a massive rabbit hole. That's changed society. There's a John Lennon song. I think it's called "God." I've seen religion from Jesus to Paul and Paulism is actually the new age that we're living in. The whole Beatles and Sgt. Pepper was designed to transform society. It's like, oh, there's a particular name for this thing they were doing. I can't remember, but it was was part of like an MKUltra thing, you know, Tavistock. It was mind control, changing society, and the Beatles were a key element in that, 100%. And the Stones as well, you know, they were working together, um, playing the good boy, good cop, good ones and bad ones and all that stuff. Yes, Edward Bernays, you know, the founder of um, advertising kind of modern day, he, he says the public's too stupid to think for itself, so we have to do the thinking for it. Yeah, and they've learned yeah. how to manipulate people through advertising. And the Beatles essentially just used to turn up and sing the fucking tracks. And that was the albums, like Rubber Soul and Revolver and the ones before, the session musicians yeah. doing that. They weren't capable of getting that level of musicianship. And the touring schedule they had, there's no way they could have wrote the songs that they said they'd wrote, you know? Yeah. And it was just, there's so many clues out there, it's ridiculous. George Martin hired songwriters and he arranged all these songs and he was told to work with the Beatles. He wouldn't even have chosen those guys. It was partly for their charisma and for the way they'd been kind of groomed for that role. And they all signed a pre-Masonic deal and I believe they knew Paul was going to die and get replaced and I believe that William Shepard, he was working with the Beatles during this time, knowing that he was going to replace them at that time. 
and start this power um, love because he was like the son of Alistair Crowley and that's yeah. all part of what the whole music world worships, you know? Yeah. All that, yeah. All that shit. But, the, but the, the original Paul and what, what we know as Paul McCartney now, they are just like, they are so different. Like his, oh, man. his face right. is longer, his ears, like you could it doesn't take a rocket scientist. This, well, this, this, a picture. <laughs> this is a completely different person. Completely But they also use doubles quite a lot. Back in those days, they were using doubles. And yeah. even now, they use doubles. So you get used to seeing the doubles, and then you just get to say, oh, it's just, oh, that's generally him, you know? So well, people about doubles. Have you seen Prince Charles lately? I mean, well, the one they've done a wee while ago, that was quite an obvious one. Yeah, he, he doesn't look anything like him. I mean, his face is fatter, his ears aren't as big. I mean, on on one level, it's kind of funny, like how how they do all this. Like, they must just they must just be sitting at their banquets, just laughing. <laughs> I mean, they've they've got all these tennis players that are men, you know. They've got all these fake band members that aren't really who they were, and everyone's not who they really are. And <laughs> That's how, like, in their world, you know, what Paul McCartney done, it's no big deal, because they're all actors, you know? So they all know. You see some of them slip up and call him Bill occasionally. He gets caught on camera. But yeah. they know, without a shadow of a doubt, that he was replaced, you know? Can you see the real me? That was uh, the Who singing yeah. about that, you know? And have you seen, uh, apparently, Stevie Wonder's Not Blind? I agree with that as well. I caught the mic stand that Paul McCartney was yeah. joking. Yeah. There's so many comedians out there. They all do this joke about um, Stevie was there and he got behind the car and said, Stevie, what are you doing? I'm going to drive. No, Stevie. There's like five or six at least different comedians telling the story of Stevie Wonder driving. Again, they're telling you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so this powers. <laughs> oh, dear. It's it's kind of embarrassing, really, when you think about it, what they've done, what they get people to believe. It, it's all one big joke for them, but I do think, and I've always said that, I do think it will be their arrogance that brings them down uh, in the end because I think they're so used to getting things their own way for such a long time, and they really do think that everyone's really stupid, and a lot of people are stupid, but we're not all stupid. And more and more people are, you know, are starting to look, see things for how they are and see beyond the veil. And they're going to continue doing all this, uh, all this BS and, and it's just going to wake more people up. So uh, it's kind of interesting time to be alive as well. I do think people are slowly getting there's something not quite right about this COVID. Like today I got somebody, Falkirk Council sending somebody to the house to, to do a repair. And has anyone got any COVID symptoms? No such thing as COVID. Okay, they'll be there on Thursday. <laughs> Four will be like, what? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, either that, either that, or they just thought, oh my God, we've got a conspiracy nut here, so I'm not going to even bother engaging. One time, my girlfriend's a diabetic. One time she's like going into a coma, and they're asking me where in the house has got COVID symptoms, and I'm arguing with them, like, there's no such thing as COVID. There's no... She's like, forget about that. Forget about that. <laughs> Because I can't let it slip, you can. I can't stand for bullshit. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, you would think by now that people are starting to wake up, wouldn't you? I mean, they're, they're being told that they need a, several boosters moving forward. Um, yeah, when I mean, you get to one booster, and it's like, all right, thanks for that one, but you'll be needing another one, Ken. The penny's starting to drop there. It's like, fuck this, come on. <laughs> yeah. I do think, though, <clears throat> I was speaking to my friend yesterday about the UK, 
And I don't think they're getting everything their own way there. Because if you look at what's uh, being rolled out in other places, like France, for example, Austria, and it's almost like this, I feel like there's too much pushback um, in, in the UK for them to roll out everything that they want to roll out. It, it's to me now, it's kind of, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised that these passports have, have not been made mandatory in the UK. And I can only put that down to the alternative media there and the fact that there is, although there's a lot of brainwashed sheep, there is a lot of, of pushback as well. And I, I don't think that they, they're, they're able to push it as, as much as they have in other places. Totally. I think, you know, if you look at Australia, they're much more fucking got everybody by the balls there and their fucking leaders are absolute fucking cunts, reptiles in a human suit. It's incredible the shit yeah. that comes in their mouth. They couldn't have... People here have got that history of moving the Magna Carta and just that history of common law that we kind of somehow still clinged on to. And it's maybe been risen up a wee bit and people are starting to say, hold on, we, you work for us. There's kind of more of that attitude here. And I do actually think, I just seen today that the nurses aren't being forced, mandated to vaccines, I think. They're not, they're not being. I, I've seen something briefly, and that's the kind of thing that message I got from it. So it looks like they've stepped back from that for the time being. And I think, hold on a minute, I think that's because Britain's actually doing a little bit of fight back. Yeah, yeah, there is. And, and like, obviously living in Mexico, I can see that from afar. So I, I'm looking from the outside, looking in, I'm looking at what's going on here. I mean, it's different here in the fact that there's cartels. So the, the government's never going to be able to get everything its own way. But just just looking from, from the outside, it, comparing to what's going on in other places, um, I think that, it, that there is a, a lot to be hopeful for there as well, because I think by now, I think they would have liked those those passports. Mandatory. Oh, aye. Totally, aye. They weren't that in as quickly as possible. But again, talking to Pete Sovereign the other night, um, we've got, this is his book, if people are interested, um, basically, The System Death by a Thousand Cuts. Like, we can put these people on notice. We are our own court. I'm actually going to employment tribunal, and I was going to make a big, huge case of it, like he done this, he done that, but actually I'm going to change it all and realise they just get to... to the, what I'm saying is I think I have to abide by their rules and all this stuff, but actually when you take them to court, you can set the whole rules. We have the power. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. that's what they've done wrong. I don't want to talk about anything else. Judge, what do you think of that? And I'm going to just control that as much as possible. They're trying to divert me and I'll probably give them too much meat in the bone to yeah. get it all. But we need to realise that if anyone trespasses against you, we have the power to take them to court and hold them personally accountable. Yeah. As long as you do, do the correct procedure to do that, then we have the power. So they can't impose all this stuff, but obviously we didn't even want to go through that hassle. So the more people that know that we have that power, then the less they're able to implement it. I'm yeah. trying to tell business owners this on LinkedIn meetings, but none of them want to hear. You'd think they'd be the people that want to hear the stuff the most, you know? Because, yeah. again, they're corporations want to take over everything and uh, the food in there is r ridiculous you know and I went to the shops today and I was glad because I um, got talking to these women and I just said you know it's better to support the local business then I could order that stuff through Amazon you know and uh, basically I needed new trousers because I'm starting a, a driver's job at the weekend because you know that cleaning job I was doing yeah oh well, man fucked my back up big time I was going to walk for two or three days I'm still having aches and pains but it was pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not doing that anymore. Good. But it was just good to actually spend locally, you know. And again, when I was in Turkey, you'll probably get that in Mexico. There's so much more 
local people doing their own thing. It's not quite taken over yet, but no. it's wanting it to go in that direction everywhere, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Kevin says in the, the comments, mandatory is not law. It, it, it's right. It's, it's just a word. It's just a word yep. to scare people. But that's how it's all done, presumption and assumption. Yeah, it's everything's by consent. So it's like you say, if you, if you can learn some of the ter- terminology um, and you just come to realise that they can't, that legally, lawfully, they can't impose any of this stuff. This is all just scaring people into the idea and it's getting the businesses c- to consent with it all. So the businesses lock out the unvaccinated. Um, so it, it's all by our consent and that's really the key takeaway because you realise that. You realise, well, actually, well, where is their power coming from? It's yep. coming from the people that are imposing it on each other. And that's, yep, that's totally. the only the only place it's coming from. Yep, because they're following the guidelines and um, they don't know the guidelines. Although when you register your business, there is a certain amount of things you have to comply with. But I'm sure, there's like for instance, there's a shop that Emma went into the other day and right from day one, this guy's never put up any notice outside the shop. He's never put up any plastic screen. He runs a wee news agent, and if he's managed to do it, you know, why has everyone else got to do it? Again, you walk in the shops and women, oh, you've got to stand six feet and put the, this on because they're getting told if they don't do that and make you do it, they're going to get in trouble. It's all done yeah. in the field, you know. Yeah. They'll get fined and they don't know how to protect themselves, so they get on your case. Yeah, it's like that hierarchy, isn't it? The, the orders yeah. are that from the above. But there's there's real no, really no power in the capital. There's no human being enforcing it. You see, they've yeah. got the act and the statute. But if you say right, who's the human being? There's no one person that's wanting to take responsibility for it because there is no virus going around. So yeah. who's going to want to say you need to take this poison thing or do this? They can't. So they've just got this act, and they're hoping everyone follows along with it. And actually, when you sign stuff, you're the one that's been given the act power. You know, yeah, that's the thing. We just need more people to wake up to the fucking scam. If we could wait, if more people could wake up to the fucking scam, then, you know, we're going to see more and more of people just not complying and not going along with it. But a lot of people are just laughing at what they're coming out with now, even the jab people. I mean, I'm, I'm in the comment section on, on like Metro newspaper and a lot of the other online papers. And uh, I can't do that. I had to fucking opt out of them. Well, <laughs> well re- reading the, reading the comments now compared to right. a year, two years right. ago, completely different. Two right. years ago, people were begging for it. You know, we need to lock down. We need, you know, all these, all this stuff, all this pro lockdown, pro vaccine. Now it's completely changed. You know, the, the comment sections are full of people like just telling them to fuck off and like, <laughs> You know, yeah, I'm me there was one Nicola Sturgeon's page. Apparently, is getting a lot of that. Fuck off! I've had two two vaccines. I'm not taking any more. Kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's their arrogance. They they're going to push it and push it and push it. Think they're all <laughs> stupid, and uh, you know, it's just um, it's it's just crazy. I think there's got to be a tipping point for for most people, and hopefully, we're starting to reach it. Yeah. So somebody there talked about the, the cartel. Yeah. The, the government is a cartel. To me, the government are like, yeah, they're not got the power they claim to have. The whole Article 61 and all that, they've been proven treasonous. They're basically criminals in power. They're using our ignorance and fraud. The whole system's based on fraud. People think, oh, get Boris out, get somebody else in and vote for me, I'll get you in. And it's just a whole monetary system. It's a Ponzi scheme waiting to collapse. 
and fraud, the whole thing's based on it, based on a legal name, fraud, which the whole system's based on. So they're making money out of us. When we die, you know, we didn't get access to our whole bond and it goes back to the Rothschild Bank. So they're making money out of every fucking death these days as well, you know? Yeah. So it's a scam for start to finish. My worry is, how can we transfer from this society where we're using the Rothschild Banks into a world where we can live in a totally different way? Because... Even capitalism, our own names are in all caps, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting to speculate as to how we should, I mean, personally, I think we, we're probably supposed to be living in nature, off the land, not in yeah. these big cities, these concrete jungles. The way we're supposed to live and the way we, how we are living are, are completely different to what they should be, but... I guess you can't put the cart before the horse. I think you've got to roll it back. And, and I do think that there, there'll be, I mean, certainly here there is that. There's there's these sub-communities that are developing, sub-cultures of people that are getting to, I mean, it's fantastic, the, the communities here. So many people are, that, that are awake here, um, especially here because um, a lot of the Canadians, they come come down because... They had a window before, I think it was the end of November, where they, they wouldn't be able to leave their country without the jab, right? So you wouldn't believe how many awake Canadians are here in, in Mexico. So we're, we're starting to see that here. We're starting to see great waves of people coming together and communities. And, um, you know, who knows where that might lead. So the, the same thing. I hope will be replicated in other places as as more and more people wake up, people can get get their heads together uh, and start stepping away from all this bullshit. Well, I've mentioned before there's a guy called Martin Kenny. He's got the thing called the Pineal Foundation. The website's pinealfoundation.org, and they're out in Portugal and they've set up somewhere. It's been running for about a year, you know, two years now, and they've got their whole kind of constitution and. They're trying to make that like a template for others. So we've got somebody in Ibiza trying to copy that now and, uh, you know, to encourage people to work in a community, bring their skills and talents there and work together and find a sustainable way of life. So, yeah, the more people that can kind of do that and as much as possible detach from the system, then basically it's an example for others. And maybe you can start to drift in there and people can learn skills there and then set up other ones. The sooner it happens, the better, you know, because yeah, we're yeah. dependent on the supermarkets. When the shelves go, we're fucked, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, this, this is the this is the other thing because uh, you know they they've got more than one trick up their sleeves, and we know that that's uh, that's on the cards. These engineered food shortages. I was speaking to an American friend the other day, and they're stopping the cargo ships coming in, and some of the places in America, you've got China buying buying up all the the grain everywhere around the world. And, um, it, it's it's that's going to be something that uh, yeah we need to try and combat as well and uh, something that we have to be aware of. But it, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward because I think we can create our way out of this. That we can, you know, just like how they use the the media to brainwash people. We've turned that we've turned that into like an alternative media. People putting out information content, podcasts like this. So I, I do believe in our creative abilities and, and working out solutions. Um, and I think the more of us that get together and do that and, and connect in, in sort of local communities, 
um, you know, connect with local farmers and, and things like that, just thinking outside the box. Um, and the more, the less reliant we, we become on things like supermarkets and things like that. What did you think? Did you see anything about Kazakhstan? Because apparently there's reports there that the people there have just went and fucking chased the government out of town, which essentially is the first thing that should be happening before we fucking do anything else. You get what I mean? Yeah. Have these parasites fucking raping kids and fucking us up the ass? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I heard that. I heard that they'd implemented the, they couldn't, people couldn't get into their bank accounts without the yeah. jab. And I, I think the COVID pass or something like that, which you need the jab for, obviously. Yeah, I guess that was the final uh, kicker, right? I, I guess yeah. that's what tipped people over the edge. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic to see. And, and, and all over the place, you, you're hearing about these, these little wins uh, that are going on. So it's, it's definitely a fight to the death. And um, <laughs> it's, it, at, at the bare minimum, it's a very interesting time to be alive. And we, we just got to be as prepared as we can be. I mean, it's very difficult because nobody knows what's going to happen. But... I think connecting with like minds in, in local communities and, and kind of being there, being that support network for each other, finding uh, local sources of food and, and, and things like this, it's all, it's all good in the long run. For sure. Vincent here is just saying, <clears throat> put yourself in trust, create a quiet title. Again, Pete Sovereign, he talks about having an affidavit and you file that with the court. And after mm-hmm. 30 days, basically, you are you and nobody can deny that. So... Therefore, you're cutting off full ties with the system and taking control of your own name and essentially, I don't know what you call it, a birth certificate, but basically taking that power away from the Vatican-owned one. Yeah. And I believe that they are actually starting to do courses or they're hoping to develop the site where people can actually learn how to do that because the thing about all this stuff is it does require time and effort. We should have got told all this at school, you know? Oh, for sure. Because uh, we don't actually own our property and our car and all that. It's all based on a legal name and even the land is all owned by the Crown. But if you can get your house through your own name and, t- and then they can't steal it from you, you know? People think yeah. they're leaving stuff to their children, but actually it can be claimed by the state because it's not yeah, actually yours. <laughs> yeah. Do you know like a mortgage is like, just like your own credit? You've, you've applied for your own credit and you're just re Repaying back your own credit, it's like it's a scam. Another <laughs> scam, basically. <laughs> it's another bullshit scam that we've all bought into. And what do what do our parents tell us? You know, what, what does society tell us? Oh, you need to buy your own house, and yeah, like you say, it's not your own house. They can take it away from you, and they do take it away at any point. I mean, I used to be in real estate, and I used to sit in front of people where maybe the, the husband had died of cancer or something and the woman would be in tears because the bank was saying, well, we don't care. We're just going to, if you can't pay us, we're taking your home away from you. That's, yeah, exactly, right? They don't give a shit. And uh, so, yeah, the, old, the whole idea that we actually own a house, same with the cars as well, you know, they can take that away at any point as well and just, yeah. you know, just scrap it. So well, we need to have all options for sure. Aye. Cool. So is there anything else you want to uh, touch on before we kind of wrap up? Uh, no, I think uh, I think this is all good. Just everyone to to keep the faith, keep hoping, keep putting uh, our best foot forward. And uh, like I say, especially in the UK, which I know probably a lot of your listeners for, I think, I think progress is being made, albeit it might look slow, but I do think that they're they're struggling to turn the screw there. So good, good, great credit to everyone 
doing great work uh, in the UK and, and beyond. What do you think of these protests? Because, I, again, when I mentioned to Pete at the end of the interview, I'm not be going to any for a while because you're like begging your slave masters for your own freedom, you know? So a lot of people think these are successes where we've got these big marches and more people are coming together. To me, a lot of the information of these things is not that good. And yeah. they're just marching and shouting, you know, no COVID passports. I'm about, how about no fucking vaccines? You can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. I think it could be, they could be getting infiltrated and even stirred up to create, you know, the rioting and stuff like that at some point in the future. Yeah, which... I, I, think, uh, I think there's an element of that. And um, I've always thought that, that protests and petitions, it's, it's, it's almost like begging. Yeah. What, what's way more powerful is if, you know, we don't even have to take to the streets. We just all say no. We're not yep. doing it anymore. So that's yeah. way more. That sends out way more. I mean, they're good for connecting with like minds and, and and that kind of thing, but it is limited as to how successful uh, the actual results are. But I think we need, uh, yeah, more people to say no and, and realise the scam. And um, you know that is happening slowly but surely. And to take back their own power is that too much to ask? You know. <laughs> no. To, to be sovereign, you know, and uh, to stop putting our faith in, in all these puppet saviours. Yeah, well said. So thanks, everyone, for watching. And um, me and Tony will probably come back in a couple of weeks or thereabouts. So uh, cheers to folks, and we'll see you next one. See you bye, bye.